You're listening to the Better People Podcast. I'm Tom Warner. With me today, Shannon Brawley. Shannon has embraced an idea that she's sharing with others called embracing minimalism. So Shannon, talk to me about what embracing minimalism means to you. To me, embracing minimalism means minimizing things in your life, in your surroundings, in your decision-making that distract you from the things that are the most important to you. Um, Getting rid of, uh, I I guess I would say, the things that you don't love and need. And I I mean that both in material possessions and um, in your life, in your decision-making, and how you spend your time, um, and what it has led my family and myself to is, I think, a little bit more simplicity than we experienced prior to making this change, which is pretty recent. It's just started this year for us. <laughs> so so what kind of changes have you been making? So we're, basically, you're saying minimalism, or at least the concept of it, is that you're you're taking something physical, like your surroundings, and condensing them down to something that I guess that maybe makes logical sense to yourself. Would that be fair? Uh, It is fair. I I would say that what started this is we bought a new home a year ago and moved in, and at the same time, we experienced a family crisis with our son, and... um, we were very fortunate that my mom and my aunt and my in-laws all came to our rescue to help us move into this home. But we just had so many physical items in this space. And um, the more you have in your space, the harder it is to keep up with everything and to keep everything in its home and to have a home for everything. So uh, taking it from this broad concept of minimalism, we started with getting rid of physical clutter and it is not a fast process. I think that historically for me, um, minimizing or decluttering is what I would have called it before, uh, was like a, a, maybe a weekend or a week long project. And I would say, you know, um, uh, wipe my hands off and say, there, I'm done. You know, I've done it. (laughs) But, um, this is much more than that. This is really, uh, curating, and deciding, making a series of decisions regarding what items in our home and bringing it down to the things that we need and the things that we love. And I think minimalism can be very broad from, it's a broad phrase and it means different things to different people. And my home still has a great many things in it. And I still have, you know, a few decorations for each holiday that I will throw out. And I still have um, pretty dishes for the holidays. I'm not saying that we have completely minimalized where we are. We have one set of dishes and one set of cutlery per person in our home. We're definitely not those kind of minimalists. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's just not practical for my life. (laughs) Right. So it's, in your case, it's an intentionality. Like you're intentionally looking at what you're bringing into your home and what's surrounding you versus just letting it build. It's, and it's a, it is a multifaceted concept because it's not just taking things out of our home, but it is being intentional about what we bring in our home. And I mostly am only okay with bringing in consumable items right now. 
Um, and of course I have three children and they grow, their feet grow so fast. (laughs) So I do have to bring in some new shoes and some new clothes every now and then. But, um, it, you know, different people embrace these things at different paces and even within a family, people embrace these at different levels. Um, my, my husband probably thought I was a little nuts getting going with this. And whenever I minimized my closet, he started showing people that came to our home. He would say, you've got to see Shannon's closet. <laughs> he couldn't fathom how much extra space Is the one room most people don't want anyone to see. <laughs> and, hey, let me go show you the room and show you the closet. Yeah, I got, I got you. <laughs> You're not going to believe Shannon's closet. So um, <laughs> he, now I, you know, I, I did ask him. I said, are you going to minimize your stuff? And he's like, mm, maybe this summer. Um, but he did take some things out. And, you know, it's at his own pace. And um, I will say, though, he's gotten pretty good at the other side, which is not bringing more things in. He took the girls to Academy to get uh, a shirt for golfing. And he said, and I came home with nothing. And I said, right, because you have a, clo- a closet full of clothes. He said, yeah, because I didn't need it. And so I was really proud of him for that. So, um, you know, everybody kind of does it at their own pace. and. It, it would be a lot for me to push my views on him. And if he embraces it, wonderful. But this is his home too. So he has just as much say in all of this as I do. So, so what do you do if you've got an item that is, you know, case in my point, I've, I've got a, a shirt in my closet that my mother gave me before she passed away. I'm not going to mm-hmm. wear the shirt ever because I'm just not going to, but it's there. And so what do you do in the case of, of items that just have sentimental value? Well, I, I have seen a couple of options for that. Um, I, I find that as I've gone through our home and started with one space at a time, and then I moved to, you know, just doing one thing at a time, like rather than focusing on closets, now it's focusing on linens. I mean, it's just, I guess my answer to that is um, if you have the space for it and you want to set boundaries, like a reasonable boundary, like, this is the tub that I have that has all of Ben and I's um, college memorabilia that we want to keep. And I don't want to get rid of all of it. But if our high school and college memorabilia fit in this one box, I think that that's very reasonable that we keep that one box. Um, and then maybe with time, the next time I go through it, maybe I'll decide I don't want to keep another half of it. But if it's important to you and you have a sentimental, if it has sentimental value, if you want to hold, hang on to it, then you should. Um, another option that I've seen other minimalists do, and it helps them let go of items like that, is to take a picture of it and keep the picture. Um, idea, because yeah. that takes a lot less space than a physical item hanging in your closet. No, I like that idea. Well, and, and for those listening, um, I had you on for another podcast that I do called the Trek Baby Podcast. And and uh, after that episode we, we recorded last week, I... Uh, actually went out the next day and we uh, bought um, some shelving or at least a bookcase type of shelving for the bedroom. Now, granted, it's another object in the room, but it did allow me to separate out things that had been on the floor and things that weren't where they should have been. It kind of gave me an opportunity to present it. I guess the way the phrase is feng shui of the room. You know, it allowed us to to position it to where it looks like more like a bedroom versus a frat boy's, you know, dorm. <laughs> you know, and sometimes, right. sometimes it could turn into if we're not careful. So definitely impacted me. Um, so what would you say have been some, Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask you what some benefits well, you've, you've noticed. Uh, go ahead. And, 
Well, I was going to say that one big improvement that I found in our home is um, I had so much storage in the home. I mean, storage pieces like furniture and bins and, you know, Tupperware things. And, um, you know, when you organize your house, you rush out to get those items. But um, I would definitely suggest that people do your purging, do your minimizing, you know, aggressively and don't buy any you know, extra storage or anything until you're really through that. Because what I find is that you don't need nearly as much as you think you do, because once you go through and pare it down to what you really love and what you really need, then you don't need as much storage. And as a matter of fact, um, I have gotten rid of at least one piece of furniture in each room in our house since this has started. And I really love that because we have a family of five one very large dog and one small dog. We have two nurses that are in and out of our house, and I have um, about nine in-laws in town. And so it's very convenient to have um, space for a lot of people to run through here. And so that's something, um, you know, when you get a little further down the road, maybe when you do your second or your third round of purging or of decluttering, that you consider maybe, you know, could I get rid of some of the storage stuff? And um, the less of that stuff that you buy, um, the easier it is to not fill it up. And um, another tip somebody shared with me recently, one of my neighbors across the street, um, she said that someone that she listened to recommend, if you bring something in your home, try not to bring anything smaller than a pineapple. And that really stuck with me because you think about all the little pieces of clutter that you pick up here and there, the tchotchkes and whatnot. And a bunch of little things add up to be a big, a big, you know, clutter. <laughs> if that That's sure. not really a, a plural, but um, I really liked that tip as well. And I shared it with my sister and she's been trying to stick with that. And so I think if it has been helpful for her and I, it might be helpful for other people. So what do you do? So Mike, my, my, and I'm, this is me making excuses, of course, but what do you do if you've, so I don't like to throw away books. You know, I don't like to throw away because I feel like books have, have value. Now, I don't need every book either. You know, I don't have the kind of library they had in, in Beauty and the Beast. You know, I don't, nothing like that. So what are you? What do you do with the items? Do you, do you donate? Do you throw away? I guess it depends. Well, I find it's a lot easier to let go of things if, they're, if you're giving them to somebody who you know really wants them or needs them, right? Um, and uh, books, I totally get it. I majored in English in college. I am an avid reader. I mean, I read a lot, a lot. And for someone like me, uh, an e-reader is really wonderful because I use Kindle Unlimited and I read dozens of books a month. And so I'm not bringing dozens of books in and out of so, the home. So here's my logic on that. Here's my thing. And this is just me. So I like the library because I can show people, yeah, I have that book. But on your Kindle... Uh -huh. It, cause I, I mean, I, I'm a, I use Kindle more than anything ever, you know, I, 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 but it's like you can't prove to people you have this library. I don't know. Maybe I've got a complex I've got to work, how to work through, but I, I've well, got. I, I understand it. Books are something to be proud of. Like, in, and I look at them in my home. I, I really have two or three spaces with books. I have my office where I keep my academic books that I'm using and I have to keep them for my whole program, my academic program. Um, my son's room has children's books and they all fit in one bin. And um, then the pretty books, I guess you would say, I've kept our favorites or I say our, mine, my husband doesn't care about these books, but you know, my favorites 
um, I have them situated on a sofa table in our living room and they're hiding cords for the TV. <laughs> so I'm using them as a function. It's a practical hiding. use. Absolutely. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I really like it. And they add a little bit of color in a space that is very minimal. And um, so I use them as decoration. But that being said, I've heard two options. One is designated space. You know, maybe it is a bookshelf. And this is how much space I have for books. And if you bring a new book in, then you take another book out or maybe a number. You know, I'm, I will allow myself to keep 25 books mm-hmm. or 40 books. And then if you bring more in, you have to take more out. But it is a way of managing your inventory so it doesn't become so overwhelming. No, that's fair. I think in my case, I, you know, I've got books that I read in college that I'm never, ever, ever going to read again because they weren't well, meant for that. If, and, if you won't, if, if you won't read it again, then definitely let it go. But yeah. if it's a favorite that you love and you could see yourself reading again, or I mean, there's no reason that you couldn't keep it. But then again, if you want it again in the future, you could probably read it on Kindle or check it out at the library. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and for me, it becomes, a, I, I think I maybe I have a place where it becomes an office book. Those are books I bring up to the office that I'm never going to read, but they're there for decoration. You know, I have, mm-hmm. I have some of those up there. Um, so, no, I appreciate you talking to us today. Was there anything else you wanted to maybe add or, or um, bring well, up? Well, um, no, I think that this is it's such a multifaceted topic, and there is so much information out there on it um, from someone just getting started. Uh, I, would, I would recommend, if anybody's considering it, start with your easiest drawer or your easiest space. And declutter, minimize that one first. And then what happens is, you enjoy the benefits of having a minimized space and it kind of gives you the motivation and the uh, appreciation and you'll want to carry it through. And even, you know, if you just do one little thing at a time, those habits build up. There's a a book called Atomic Habits that talks about this, that it's a series of small decisions that lead to big change. And so, um, you know, if it's a matter of having a no spend month where you don't buy anything other than the things you have to have, or, um, you know, every day I'm going to clean out one drawer and uh, maybe just uh, research minimalism. And you talked about what do you do with items that you want to get rid of. There are really some very thoughtful ways to pass things on to people who would be blessed by them. And it's not a matter of just dumping everything out at the goodwill. I don't subscribe to that. And what makes me happy about the cluttering is that I have made connections with people in my life who I know would appreciate and benefit from these items. Absolutely. And so I would encourage people to look at it that way, that you are blessing yourself by creating an environment that you're going to enjoy more and you're blessing other people who might really need and want the items that you're not using. Yeah. Well, one service I've used that actually has helped uh, in the past uh, was freecycle.org. Yes. You can can donate and give. Let me back that up. You can donate and you can, if you need something, if people posted it, you, you can get it. I've had, you know, in an earlier life years ago, I'd got a couch that way, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, young guy, I needed something to sleep, sleep on. So I got a couch, uh, but, uh, or sit on, maybe not sleep on, I had a bed, but, uh, I, uh, I, I found that that has been helpful that way. Cause I don't always want to, cause my dilemma is I'm like, I'm going to get rid of that or whatever the item is. But I don't want to, I mean, I can try selling it, but then you have people, you have to go through the Facebook market. That's how I do it. It's Facebook marketplace and you get people who are interested and not interested and then ends up sitting in that location for months until you finally get rid of it. Whereas if you just donate it, 
it's out of your hair and it's made someone else's life better. So anyways, I have enjoyed that. Well, Facebook marketplace is a really good uh, tool. And I also set a boundary with that. Like I'm going to post five items at a time. I'm going to give them 48 hours. If they don't move, then I'm going to donate. Oh, I know Jack, my wife gets on to me. Because I'm truly. Sometimes I'm really surprised by what sells in like an hour, you know, with multiple people contacting you. And then the things that I think are a great buy, you know, I don't hear anything. So um, maybe set yourself some boundaries so that it does continue to be productive to do that because time is valuable. And so you should, you know, I get it. I I really enjoy putting money back into my pocket that I can allocate to other things. But yeah, maybe just some boundaries. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes the ha- it can sometimes the hassle of just dealing with that is like, is it worth it or is it just worth it to get rid of it? I've had people use that scenario. Like sometimes it's just worth it to get rid of it. So yes. yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate you coming on today. Um, so embracing minimalism is kind of what your theme is, and yes. it's really just kind of finding those things in life that, in this case, physical items that you can reduce clutter and that also probably helps with good mental balance and, and items like that. What is your opinion of like Marie Kondo in that case? Let me ask you, um, put you on the spot and well, ask you the hard hitting questions. That's okay. Um, I have not read Marie Kondo, but I have watched the show on Netflix and I think that it's a very great concept and it's very similar. It's kind of like the starter for a lot of people with minimalism. Um, my favorite author related to minimalism is Joshua Becker, who is like the godfather of minimalism. Oh. <laughs> um, but he has uh, a really good book that I listened to as I declutter. And I assume anybody who listens to a podcast also probably enjoys audiobooks. And yeah. um, so it was it was very enlightening and listening to him. I would just say that um, this is something, it's like anything else. If you keep yourself motivated, if you find ways to keep yourself on track, then there will be a great payoff down the road. And um, so those authors like Marie Kondo and uh, Joshua Becker, and I like podcasts or I like um, videos on YouTube. The Minimal Mom is my favorite. Um, Then they really help you get somewhere and keep making progress. I think I actually subscribed to her. Minimal Mom, is that what you said? The Minimal Mom. Minimal Mom, yeah, I think I'm on. I've got one of those that I'm subscribed to. Yes, and I know that, We've talked about faith uh, before. One of the things I really like is she has a twin sister who I believe is a pastor, and they do faith-related videos on minimalism on Sundays. And so that might be something you'd like to look into. It is, definitely. Definitely. Well, I appreciate you talking to us today. Hey, folks. Um, I'll admit, I, uh, I'm still working on the technique of getting out of an interview correctly. Uh, it's, it's almost how I hang up the phone. It's like, okay, bye, thanks. Uh, so, hey, it's a work in progress, always working on improving that. But the theme of the day has been about embracing minimalism by removing the items, the thoughts, and overall mindset that could be distracting you from the things that are most important to you. And you can start by removing physical clutter. We'll likely have Shannon back in in a future episode. We just wrapped up the first iteration of our Building Your Core series last week by listening to your instincts. I encourage you to listen to about the first five or six episodes of the Better People podcast to help establish who you are and who you can be. We'll likely revisit that part of the series in the future, and I'm sure we'll have some revisions as new techniques are made available. But I wanted to mention that because we're going to be listing some of those techniques in future episodes, and it's just good to have an idea of what we're talking about. Now, if you have an idea for a topic... Or perhaps you've developed your own life hack. 
uh, you think others need to know about, send an email to hello at betterpeoplepodcast.com. As always, thanks for listening. <laughs>